It was 1988, one of those years of imperfect glory for the New York Mets, before the upper deck of Shea Stadium was closed for lack of interest, and before any of the team's players were slapped with felony charges. Deep into the chilling night of October 9th, Dwight Gooden stood on the mound with the baseball in his hands and a two-run ninth-inning lead over the Dodgers. Three outs, and the Mets would lead the National League Championship Series three games to one. It's in the bag, thought Mets Senior Vice President Al Harrison. Gooden had permitted the Dodgers only three hits, all singles, none of them after the fourth inning. Doc's going to win his first postseason game. Gooden quickly had an 0-2 count on John Shelby, the easiest hitter in the league to strike out. Yes, the Mets were nearly a lock to play the Athletics in a titanic World Series. The first matchup of 100-win teams in 18 years. Except, something began to go wrong. Gooden walked Shelby in an eight-pitch at bat. He seemed to labor on the last two deliveries, fastballs high and away. He had thrown 125 pitches. Reserve infielder Dave Magadan squirmed in the Mets' dugout and thought, Sosha's up. Myers is in the bullpen. Please put him in the game. But the left-handed Randy Myers was not ready to face the left-handed Mike Sosha. Myers wasn't even warming up. No one was. He's still in control, manager Davey Johnson thought about Gooden. If I bring in Myers, they'll pinch hit Rick Dempsey anyway. He's more of a home run threat than Sosha. Sosha had hit three home runs all year, only one since June. Mets catcher Gary Carter, knowing Sosha liked to take a pitch or two with a runner on first, flashed his index finger to Gooden. After walking Shelby, the pitcher knew exactly what was needed, just a good get-ahead fastball squarely over the plate. It was 11.02 p.m. when Gooden threw the pitch. It arrived slightly above belt high. It would have been strike one, absolutely. But then, Sosha swung. There is a line of demarcation that runs roughly along the crest of the Rocky Mountains through North America. Water on one side of the line flows toward the Pacific. On the other, it flows in the opposite direction. The moment Sosha hit that two-run home run, the Mets had reached their continental divide. If we had won that game, we would have won that series, says Joe McElvain, then the Mets' vice president of baseball operations, and now an executive vice president with the team. There's no doubt in my mind. It was a flashpoint. The Mets lost that night in 12 innings, and again the next afternoon. They lost the series in seven games, and they have not played another postseason game since. The course of the franchise's fortunes began flowing the wrong way, first in a trickle, and then in a rush. Two second-place finishes followed, though those turbulent years were more corrosive than anyone knew. It was the end of the dynasty that never was. The Mets were one of eight teams to finish first or second for seven consecutive seasons, but the only one of that group to not emerge from such a run with more than one pennant. There came three losing seasons, each worse than the last. No team in baseball had been worse over those past three years, especially the most recent, a 103-loss horror in which the Mets, with conduct even more odious than their play, were reduced to being the pathetic objects of late-night television humor.
So offensive was the 1993 team that on August 26th, an angered and pained Fred Wilpon met with his players for the first time in his 14 years of what had been his laissez-faire co-ownership with Nelson Doubleday. He scolded them for embarrassing the franchise and the city in which he had grown up. You should feel privileged to be able to play baseball in New York, he told them. If you don't feel that way and you want out, let us know. We'll get you the hell out of here.